Welcome to the Status Quo podcast. Um, this is episode four and we are talking about the status quo on relationships. So I'm going to introduce uh, my ladies who are going to be joining me for our chat. And yeah, let's start. Hi, I'm Sipip. I am 30. I'm a mother and a woman. <laughs> so far, the conversations have been extremely poignant and very honest so i've been it's been a very interesting listen so i look forward to being part of it hi i'm aviren dunja i'm a mother of a two-year-old i'm a career woman i'm a wife and um, so far, the conversations have been extremely enlightening. I've enjoyed them. It's nice to get the perspective of various women. So, yeah, I look forward to today's episode. Hi, I'm Rantle Gaga. I'm an attorney, 31 years old. Um, so far, the podcasts have been very interesting. It's also interesting to hear that people are going through the same things because you always think you're the only one. So that's why I've enjoyed them. Okay, thank you so much. And of course, me, I'm Sinesipo. I'm 31. Not a mother, not a wife. <laughs> I mean, that's important to lay it out, but a career woman as well. So today's episode, I decided to just focus on the status quo on relationships. So I'm going to start with Aviwe. How do you define the, your current status quo when it comes to relationships in your own life? Okay, so as I mentioned, I I am married. I've been married for the last five years this year. Um, we're a young couple. And um, I think if I were to describe our current sort of dynamic in terms of our relationship is that we're friends, we're partners, we are, you know, my my when my husband is around my siblings, it's as though he's part one of my siblings. We are in sync to a point where we are family. You know what I mean? So um, it goes beyond just, you know, he's my person, but we have become one. We we are completely in sync. We are family. We are one person. So, yeah, so far it's been fantastic. It's got its issues, which I'm sure we'll get into further on. But yeah. Lonely? Well, in the past year, my relationships have become very complicated with family, having to deal with health issues, with friends, with my partner. Um, I find that, you know, if you go through something really hectic, you have to, the dynamic changes. Mm -hmm. People are more worried. People are in your face, which mm -hmm. is not great. But it, it's been nice to see who shows up in your life mm -hmm. when, when you go through something because you, you never know until you know. Mm -hmm. So I found that in the past year, my relationships have been very deep-rooted and very genuine and authentic. Mm. So on my side... Over the last three to four years, I've experienced a lot of changes, leaving my job, starting my own business, having a baby. So there's been a lot happening and a lot of adulting and my entire life transitioning into a more grown-up life. And within that context, I've found that relationships have been complicated, to steal Lonely's word, mm -hmm. because all the way down from friendships to relationships like Ogujola have all just been gotten a lot more complicated as we're all getting older and as we are forced to be there, choose who you are there for. Because now you have to actually be there for a person. It's no longer uh, we go out clubbing, we see each other, we have mm -hmm. dinner. We now have to actually participate in each other's lives and you can't fake that kind of participation. So as a result, I've seen that 
quite a few people have moved in or out in terms of the circle of the friendships of where you thought they were. People that I thought were very, very close friends turned out to not be such close friends. Mm -hmm. And people that I thought were just acquaintances turned out to be the closest people and the people that I know I can depend on. So that has been in terms of friendships, in terms of family, we transitioned being an entrepreneur, you go through the ups and downs and the downs are usually where you actually are needing everybody's help. And in my family, I've always been the one who helps everybody. So there's been a very big transition in those relationships as well, in terms of how I relate with my sisters, because before I was the one who was, if something's wrong, you call her. And then some, suddenly I was the one who had the something that was wrong and I was the one who needed to call people. And there was a bit of a discomfort while we were all trying to understand the new roles and also for me trying to learning how to actually ask from people who've always asked from me without feeling like something is completely off kilter with the world and learning to actually depend on people. And I think that's been my biggest learning for the last four years, learning to actually count on other people within my personal space. And that has also transitioned into this new partner that I have, which is, I always joke, my first adult fully functional relationship that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. Because everything else, when I look at it, has been so dysfunctional. And now suddenly you're having to contend with how does he relate with my family? How does he relate with my son? How, does, how do we relate with each other? How are we bringing together two lives because Avi has got five years like under her belt I'm going on 11 months for the first time in my life so <laughs> yeah, <celebrate her. laughs> so I'm going for 11 months for the first time in my life and learning how to actually let someone be there for me and also how to be there for someone and how to be there when it's not all moonshine and roses when it's not just the entire honeymoon phase you now actually have to merge lives mm -hmm. which is it sounds very simple like moving in together sounds like such a simple thing we now live together instead of living in separate places but then you start realizing that you have to let go of some of your preferences mm -hmm. the way things are done is not actually the way things are done it's the way you do things yeah. and you have to suddenly allow the other person to have the way they do things and then we need to figure out the way we do things yeah. and so it's been an interesting journey relationship wise across the board over the last four years so, well, the reason why I picked your specific group, and I was actually happy that this specific group, because I, I thought it'd be a balance of mm. anarchy, stability, mm. and figuring it out. So I just mm. thought I'm very grateful that everyone showed up today. Um, so I think with relationships, it's for me, it's, relationships is not just unjol. It's how you relate to everyone in your life and it's also about how they relate with you. I've known in my own personal experience that I also struggle with the same thing with CP. I struggle to ask for help. Like the world can, I could be sinking and I'd still not ask. So for me, one of the biggest things I've had to let go of is the shame of asking for help. Mm -hmm. And it's actually funny that there is shame, perceived shame in asking for help. Mm -hmm. So I'm now going to go to Luandle. How do people show up for you in your relationships? For me, it's the little things. I'm, I'm a very simple person. just And I take things very personally. So if you say to me, 
oh, Luanli, how are you via text? That That's very important to me. Don't text me or talk to me when you need something. Mm-hmm. So for me, the little things matter. You know, mm-hmm. asking about my nephew, asking about my mom. I, I don't need big things. I don't need you to take me out. Mm-hmm. So when you show up, is it's, it's when you're being genuine and you ask about things that I really care about and know what I actually care about. Family, mm-hmm. friends, my work. So I, I think people want to make relationships this big showy thing mm. where we are we seen at all the cool places, we're Instagramming our lives. I don't care about that. I don't even have Instagram. So I don't know what's happening in people's lives. I have unfollowed everyone on my Facebook page so I don't see what other people are doing because I think for me looking into other people's lives was very stressful. So I just need people to be there and to ask simple questions. You don't have to be complicated to be present in my life. Ask the simple questions, the little things. Are you okay? Are you coping? Is everything okay? Mm. Super? I think it's very similar to what Luanjia says. There's, There's a level to which there's a hierarchy of of interactions mm-hmm. and there's a hierarchy of importance of things that happen in people's lives mm-hmm. and you see who is in your corner mm-hmm. at those very important times yeah. like who's there when your child is born who's there when your child is sick who is the person you're comfortable to call at midnight on some he won't stop crying i don't know what to do should i go to the er mm-hmm. so it's it's those little things and a person just if they know you are not okay so for me, I'm not the kind of person who you don't know when I'm not okay. I just don't want you to help. <laughs> you will know that something's going on. So if they know you're not okay and they know you're that kind of person, being the person who's basically dragging it out of you, hey, are you sure you're fine? Is there anything I can do? Even if the answer is no, it's just it's nice to have that you know that this is someone I can rely on. If my plan that I'm trying to make work right now doesn't work, at least I know I have a support system, I have a backup plan, I have someone who's there to sometimes just be a sounding board Mm -hmm. and sometimes to just think through things with you. And also, just... Actually, that sums it up. Mm -hmm. Just being there. Mm -hmm. Being there at the times when... You are like people are needed to be there, and not being there in the you show up, you take the pictures, you post them up on Facebook, and then you disappear. And we haven't actually had a genuine conversation about anything that's happening in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. But everybody else in Instagram and Facebook and everything is thinking we are the bosom buddies and we are here and we are tied. Like over the last couple of months, I've I've witnessed some of that those kind of interactions where some like when people are going through things. There's the people who are their friends. Like taking a, when you know someone who's going through something, you've got the lens of what you know about what they're going through. And then you can, you're actually watching social media and watching how the different people within their lives act. And you'll find that there's people who you know for a fact are not being there for this person right now. And this is something that's hurting that person right now. But when you are looking at the lenses of social media, they look like the bestest of buddies. And even there, there's just a showiness to the whole thing. Because everybody knows you're going through X, then this person makes a very big show of looking like they are there for you during that time. But when it comes down to actually asking, are you okay? Are you coping? How can I help? 
what's a little thing that I can do that will make things a little bit easier for you? Which sometimes is just asking that question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that that's not what is happening. Yeah. But it's very, it's become very important for people to look like good friends and a lot less important for them to be good yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's showing up, that being my friend, whether anybody knows you are my friend or not, mm-hmm. is actually the more important than the mm-hmm. let's be out there and be those people. Yeah, mm-hmm. performance, friendships, or relationships. Absolutely. So, so like, it's actually quite, I think it's actually quite funny because mm-hmm. I'm known, like, I don't let people in mm-hmm. in terms of when when stuff is going on. But when my friends are in trouble, like, people will tell you, I will stalk her. Mm-hmm. I pride myself in this. I really mm-hmm. do pride myself in this. It's because <laughs> I can feel something's wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I can't usually, I never know the detail. But I think you can tell when someone you care about is not okay. Mm. And sometimes I also struggle. It's like sort of like a fine line between, okay, if I ask and they don't respond, what do I do now? Mm. What is the next step now? And like, and performance friendships for me, I think we live in the land of social media. Mm. People care about aesthetics. And it is the land we actually do live in. And I always find it, weird weird when I know so some of my friends who are, are very much in these social media mm-hmm. them them gram live and I'm like these people around you are not your friends yeah they're not your friends <laughs> like it is what it is like it looked great for the gram like because when I have some conversations with my friends I'm like why aren't you telling this to how come your people don't know this like how mm-hmm. how brown cow explain mm-hmm. like because for me I don't understand mm-hmm. and it's 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 just the culture we live in where it's the friendships of aesthetics. We need mm-hmm. to all be seen as being progressive black people instead mm-hmm. of black people who are seeing the most. Mm-hmm. But who is that for? Mm-hmm. And that's what the question I yeah, always ask like, myself. Because I have a friend who have actually now divorced officially. I had a meeting with her to tell her that we can't be friends. Because she was social climbing and that's not what I want yeah. to do. And it's a lot of energy and mm. relationships that take energy from what you believe in. It, it cannot work because friendships require an investment of energy. You mm. can't drain the energy out of the relationship and expect me to keep, keep on giving. So my question is, who are you doing that for? Yeah. And how does that build you at the end of the day? So if you do an audit of that relationship, what have you received? What's the return on investment? So mm. I'll get into those um, social climbing thing. Um, even though like I do radio and TV things, you don't see me out on a lot of these events because mm. I only go to the ones that are of value to me, mm. that I like being around the people. That's usually, if I don't know anyone, like for one of the radio radio stations like I they wanted me to go to the event and I was like I don't know the people I'm gonna be lonely <laughs> like mm. and they're they like no Sinesipo you must do it for you know it's gonna build your profile and it, I'm like but I don't know these people like what am I gonna talk to them about mm. they're like Sinesipo and I was like and they're like no but Sinesipo you know we're trying to do I was like I don't know these people we have nothing in common if I can't bring one of my friends to come with me where I can feel that they're my safety blanket and I have someone that is my person in my corner, mm. I actually, I don't go. And that's my sort of, I think it's one of the downfalls of my thing is that I don't, mm. and I don't play to popularity and mm. play to people's egos. Because I do agree with Lundley. If I'm actually friends with you, I invest in you. Yeah. I am concerned with your well-being. Mm. I, 
I just have I don't have bandwidth for yeah. for aesthetics. I just Absolutely. don't. I don't. And like, like oh, Lily, everywhere. And I, we know so many people in these in these in these things, and we're just we're always shocked yeah so what are your thoughts on this so i think i tend to agree with you ladies i think we are all sort of at the same stage of life and this adulting thing is not easy on anyone from a family front career front whatever the case may be and i think the depth of people gets tested the most at this stage of life Mm -hmm. and the people around you and you start weeding i think it's god's way of weeding out unnecessary baggage that you're carrying along the way so for me it's it's been exactly the same experience where i'm like I actually do not need you in my life. I cannot carry an unnecessary friendship, one unnecessary relationship that adds no value to my life, that this person doesn't show up when I need them the most. And this adulting thing takes you through these huge experiences where it's so easy to start seeing those characters for who they are. So I totally agree with you guys, especially the social, that's where I check out completely, the social climbing thing. Like you said, we know a lot of these people and the the, the twilibs and the gram celebs, I don't know what they're called on Instagram <laughs> but, but you realize such a huge contrast between who they really are and what they present and for me personally I, I cannot associate with that sort of ingenuine exchange I can't be something different on a picture and what I interact with how we interact on a real life basis I, I can't I, it's, it's, it's never been me so yeah I totally agree with you ladies it's 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 draining we, we've got enough real life things to worry about. The gram is not something for us to be fussing about, you know? So I'm mm. going to twist it now. So mm. in what ways have you showed up for people and what ways have you failed to show up because so, of your mm. own circumstance? Before we move on, can I please mm. just make one quick comment? Mm. What? Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, you can. Like, this is a conversation. We're not here. All right. All right. Mm. No, so mm. with what you're saying about people who drain your energy, mm. I think for me, that has been my biggest learning for to, for this year. So I found that I had this attitude that me being there for someone is what I choose to do. Mm-hmm. And I always used to completely discount what they do in return. So whether they are there for me or not, was never really something that I spent time thinking about. And for the first time this year, I did an audit of the people I'm in relationships with. Mm. And I mean, all kinds of relationships, right down from family, an audit of how does this person treat me in return? Mm. And there's so many people where I've now decided it's like, we can let it go. We can let it go because Mm. what you are doing to me is actually not fair. And up until now, I've been letting it happen because I've just been like, well, no, I'm doing this for me. Mm-hmm. But then it is still a drain on energy, regardless of the fact that you're actually doing it for you. So mm-hmm. when you manage those relationships, do you tell the people, I believe in divorcing people outright. I call I you for you're a meeting. You're such a lawyer. No, <laughs> You're like, you guys call meetings for me. I had to divorce my uncle yep. last year. Okay, and, and I was like, guy, it's been fun. We're going to go to the Pilisana, but yeah. now we, it's not working for me. Yeah. Because you have to ma- manage energy. It's yeah. so important for your own well being mm. to manage the energies because there's a lot. Mm. Your boss is abusing you. Mm. You can't also have your friends abusing yeah. you. And I sit you down and I'm like, state of the relationship address, Sora. I'm with and I'm breaking up with you, Sora. Wow. No, oh, I'm not. Wow. Okay, I need to know to do that. Like, it's not how you do it. 
Yeah, I've even yeah. one of my bosses. I was like, I can't work with you. Our energies are not aligned. Mm. I just don't want to work with you anymore, and I've stopped. So for me, I did not actually do that. No, you have to. No, because the thing is that these are the the way that it ended up being addressed is that. It's what you are talking about about people who only contact you when they need something. Mm. And for me, when you call me and you need help, I will go out of my way to help you out. And then you disappear. And then, lo and behold, six, eight months no. down the line, suddenly, ta-da, you need <laughs> yeah. help again. And I actually, basically, in my mind, when I was going through this whole audit thing, I picked up on who those people are. Basically, I, I did a segmentation of everybody. These are the these are the people who fit this profile. These are the ones who fit this profile. And I just left them because they never talked to me anyway. I don't even need to do this. But now when you come to me and you're now telling me, oh my God, this is happening. That's, I'm so sorry. I'm unavailable. I, I, I can't help. But so, they need to know whether yeah, you, they so, were so, 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 like, I actually, I don't do the divorce. I just let, like, the world, like, you know, God will deal with You're this. You're ghosting. I ghost. <laughs> so I don't ghost. I don't ghost. I wouldn't say ghosting, but, yeah. like, I sort of segment. Mm. I, I do the segmentation. And people, over time, they realize where they rank in my life. Like, I've been very lucky that... People know where they rank in my life. And it's been the consistent, like the fact that you guys know each other means I've kept the same group of people. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lily, since she was born, because she's my cousin. <laughs> 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 okay. well, well, like I've kept sort of like the similar, similar type of people. And I sort of rank them according to, okay, these are my friends. Mm-hmm. These are my close friends mm-hmm. who can be upgraded because what I found going through tough times in the past year to two years is... There have been people who showed up to me, showed up for me without me returning. Mm. So when that's when I wanted to talk about where I've not showed up for them, but for some reason, I don't know, God like just whispered in their ear and they came through for me in a way that I didn't expect, mm. nor did I deserve. Mm. Yeah. That's why I wanted to actually go into the mm. part of like, where someone showed up for you, mm. where number one, you didn't earn it. Number two, you didn't deserve it. And you know, and sometimes they literally just surprise you. Life will mm. just surprise you like that. And that's the reasons why, even though I have my close knit of friends, I do have people in my life who, you know what, people, I've learned that over time through this adulting thing, mm. people will show up for you in ways that you never thought were possible. Mm. Mm. I think I I can name a couple of instances where that's happened where I didn't even imagine that this person related to me to this level. For me, mm. they were an acquaintance or someone I got on with and we were okay. Um, and they come at such a critical time and they are there 100%, 120% and I never expected it. And like one day, I'm the type of person where the little things mean a heck of a lot. You know, um, if if you're the first person to check up on me constantly, if I'm sick or whatever the case may be, and I thought you were an acquaintance, you immediately get a graduation. The pecking order the must change, you know, you, I, I take note of those things, you know, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there would be instances where someone expected me to show up and I didn't. I cannot personally account for those because I pride myself um, for being the person who reciprocates that sort of thing. I take note of what you've done for me and I make sure that I will always 
top it because I need you to feel that I appreciated that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I honestly can't account for when I failed to. I'm sure someone else would happily tell me, but I cannot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lovely. I also can't think of an instance because I think I'm a very present person mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I always make sure that I'm in the moment or see people fall. I try to tap into people's emotions as much as I can. So maybe someone will be like, oh, Londa, you've been a terrible friend here. <laughs> I don't know. They'll have to tell me. But generally, I think of myself quite highly when it comes to those things. But f- we're... It mostly happens with family. People actually show up. I find that it's it's much easier with family because they, there's a certain bond with those people. Um, yeah, I can't actually think of a moment where I haven't shown up for someone. Mm-hmm. But if I genuinely don't care about you, I and I won't show up. I won't even say sorry. It doesn't count as not showing up. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like Ugh, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe I should actually ask people. Mm. In yeah, my life. your state of the relationship address. Yes, yes. <laughs> no one hasn't divorced me yet, so I feel like I'm winning at life. <laughs> what you are not understanding is that the rest of us just ghost. <laughs> no, but how, but how do they know? Because yeah. I think it's important for you to know that you're yeah. not in my life, and I've made. I've thought about it and if I've applied my mind. don't notice you're not in my life, we probably won't talk about <laughs> No, but they'll come back. What if that person comes back and says, oh, dude, I need one, two, three. But you can never come back. That, that's what I'm saying. The yeah. gate is closed. Mm. It's actually very, very interesting. On my side, I think it is very possible that there's people that I haven't showed up for. And the reason I say that is until very recently when my family pointed it out and I'm like, why have you guys been letting me behave like this my whole life? I, when I communicate with people, I almost assume they're fine until they tell me they're not. So because I'm a very expressive person when I'm not fine and I stand on top of the rooftop and bang the pots and pans until everybody knows, I assume that that's how people are. So when I'm not fine, I tell people. So if you don't tell me you're not fine, um, I won't know. And I'm, I now actually make a conscious effort to check in on people mm-hmm. because before it was always a, like, let's catch up and we'll catch up as if we have not not spoken for the last six months. And not because I'm like asking for something, but I'm just, we're just doing it like download what's mm-hmm. been happening because we all like running around doing X and Y and Z. And I think part of what made me get into that, into that rhythm was the time when I was at McKenzie because I'd be away for so long and I'd be so busy for so long that my friendships were basically being done in blocks Mm. where I'm now on the beach and I'm quickly doing a do-do-do-do. Okay, let's catch up with everybody. How are you guys doing? What's been going on? Et cetera, et cetera. And I kept that up after that that, um, phase passed. And I realized that that's not fair on the people who are in my life. And the Nesipo spoke about stalking earlier. I actually learned a lot from her about how to be there for someone, regardless of how they are actually reciprocating or regardless of how they are actually taking that. Because for the longest time, she'd always be, I remember when I just moved to Joburg and she was always inviting me to sell group. Eventually I had to say, Sinesipo, not now, nor ever in the future where I want to go to sell group. <laughs> this is getting awkward for both of us. <laughs> And it's going to come to a point where I'm going to have to force myself to come because I've said no too many times. So <laughs> it's tough. But yeah, but she's mm-hmm. always, she's the kind of person who will check up on you. 
Like, how are you doing? Okay, let's have a call. Let's meet up for drinks. If you can't do a drink, then let's do a quick five-minute call. What's been going on? Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm now starting to push myself into, where I almost do an audit in my head of, when was the last time I spoke to this person? Let's just say, hey, like, hi, how are you doing? What's going on? How's work? How's this? How's that? How's that? And if you know that, and if I know that someone's going through something, then following up on that to check on, hey, are you still okay? Are you still coping? Is there something that you need? That kind of thing. And make like being the one who actually initiates get, like getting time together. And that's something that I personally have started doing over the last probably 18 to 24 months, which is very shameful because I'm 30 years old. <laughs> but, but it's something that I'm conscious of because I know that that's something that's a blind spot for me. So it's something I have to actually actively manage for myself. So I do believe that there are people out there who will say I don't show up for them. But I think at this point in time, the people that would say I don't show up for them are people who I did not consider to be like that close in the circles. Because now I've almost picked my people and those are the people that I am like always there. I try to make sure that I'm always there for. And my people keep changing because I go through things mm -hmm. and then you see where everybody else is. Like the time when someone showed up for me, I didn't expect it. I'd met some person clubbing in Cape Town and we're clubbing friends. You know, those people that you like, hey, what are you doing um, at Cubana? What are you doing? I'm doing this. <clears throat> and I got sick. And I'm like, no, I'm going for a bone marrow biopsy. He came to see me like almost every day when I was in hospital. Mm. And I'm just like, okay. Mm. And then I'm like, I'm out of hospital. I have to go for a bone marrow biopsy. He's like, how are you getting there? I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to drive there. They're going to put me under and then let me have the bed until I wake up. And then I'm going to drive myself back. He's like, okay, that's ridiculous. I'll come get you and I'll go drop you off. And I'll come fetch you when you're done and come and drop. And I'm just like, whoa, Okay. <laughs> Mm. I actually did not know that we were like that. And this also comes back to how I was, I never used to ask for help. Mm. Like I was happily ready to drive myself to go and get a bone marrow aspiration and then wait until I'm in a state to drive back so that I can drive myself back. So I don't ask any of my friends. I want to ask that because I do have friendships um, with people who are like that, who don't ask for help. And then after a while of being in a tiz, they stand up on a mountain and sing. No one Nobody helps came for me. me. <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, but how do we know what's going on? Because you make it a point specifically not to ask for help. Um, how do you expect people to navigate around that? Okay, so, so I'm a different so, 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 I, I can relate. So okay. one of the things is that I've learned is that um, I struggle to ask. So for someone to know, they have to find me. I would think that at this point, and it's going to sound mean when I say it out loud, at this point, you know how, if you know someone struggles for help and you can tell when there's something wrong on text, you can actually tell and there's an honesty about, you can tell. Like, I had the spirit to stalk Lanzaro offices. Yeah, that's really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, the spirit of it, like, you can tell. You don't have to actually get the details. So you you also have to, it's, it's always kind of cycle. You want people to save you without you having to ask for it. 
But then there comes the asking and then I take the step of asking and then you still, because you don't want to bother people, you go into this, I'm fine, I can handle it, I'm good, there's, don't bother There's me. two types there's of two, people in mm. that. There's the ones who can't ask for help mm -hmm. and can accept it. Mm. And there's the ones who can't ask for help and, and can't, can't accept, accept it. That's exactly and I think it comes the, back to the shame of asking for help, mm. like what Sinesipo mentioned at the beginning, where every, like, I, I feel like the adults before us kind of, fooled us yeah because they, they basically like or maybe we just didn't know enough about what was going on in their lives to know what's mm -hmm. going on it looked like as an adult you have it all together yeah this was this was the same thing you can't be an adult and not have it all together mm -hmm. so it gets very hard asking for help because now you have to admit you don't have it all together which then makes you feel like you're lagging behind everybody else yeah. mm -hmm. now throw social media in into this mix and you have everybody pretending they have it all together mm -hmm. so now when you're in trouble you also feel like you're the only one who doesn't have yeah. it together mm -hmm. and that makes it even harder to actually ask for help mm -hmm. or to accept help because the fact that someone's offering you you are now offended mm -hmm. like what did you see that makes you think, think that I have a problem like I've got this like everybody else so I'm going to add and it's going to my next question mm -hmm. in terms of how do you navigate jealousy oh I'm very honest about it <laughs> like I'm one person where I can I have a physical reaction when I'm jealous mm -hmm. like my my hands start to shake I sweat and I'll actually tell you I've, I once said to one of my friends who got this amazing achievement and I was like I'm actually not happy for you because I genuinely didn't feel happy for her. and I didn't want to act it out because yeah. I'm like acting it out is worse because it's going mm -hmm. to ruin our relationship I'd rather I tell you and we just and I, I told I'm like mm, I'm not happy for you and we spoke about it and we were fine no because it's actually quite it's actually quite interesting because one of the things that I've had to navigate in my 30s is envy I'm not I'm not someone who gets jealous mm. but it catches me yeah. moments where I'm like <laughs> actually do you know more now? Mm. And I'm like, what? I don't get jealous. Mm. I'm a good person. And like, like, how do you navigate? I think Lily, let's ask. So for me, I, I think there is a healthy level of envy, right? Mm. That pushes us to be better people because we see something that we admire. You're like, oh, I, I would do anything to be that thing or to be at that level. And it pushes you to do better. I think it becomes unhealthy when you have ill will. Like, yeah. why on earth did she get it? Why wasn't it me? You know, I should be. It shouldn't be her. She's not good enough. I'm better. You know, I think that's where it becomes unhealthy. I fully embrace healthy envy, right? It pushes me to be a better person. There's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, oh, this girl is killing it. I would love, yeah. you know? Um, and for me, it's, 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 it's when it is controlled. And I think for, I always say that I, I was brought up in, a, in an environment where um, celebrating the achievements of others, you know me, that, that's, that is like, it's, an, it's, a, it's a reflex for me. The moment you do well, my first instinct is to say, you know, let's all go berserk because you've done this amazing thing. Um, maybe they might be a tiny tinker in my subconscious, like, oh my gosh, I'll die for it. That would be, you know, I would much rather that, you know, I also have that achievement, but I, I, I don't live in an unhealthy jealousy space. Yeah. You know, I, I, I make it a point never 
to tap into that space because mm-hmm. my mom always used to say there's a saying in Kosa that says umona useswini and basically when you when you expand it it says it, it basically means that a person who is jealous of you is capable of even killing you yeah basically yeah. if they see something they 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 they're capable of of extreme evil you know jealousy can yeah. lead you to a very dark place so i'm very c- careful not to get to that place mm-hmm. but envy oh yeah no Psh, girl please <laughs> all the time <laughs> on my side my my i have a struggle jealousy that is that i honestly I I'm very happy with my lot and I like the things that I've gotten. So I'm usually genuinely happy for someone when, they, when something good happens to them or when something good happens for them. There are times like what you're saying envy where I'm like I would love to be in that position. That I get, but getting to a point where I'm like I'm struggling to be happy for you because this happened for you rather than me or I'm not happy for you because this is happening for you rather than me, that I haven't had. But then there's also like jealousy like primary school you're stealing my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and jealousy in terms of um relationships. And I find that with personal boy girl relationships with Joel that never got to me. Like being possessive and being jealous has never really been my thing. I I don't understand how it works and it's taken me a lot of growing up to understand that other people feel that way and I should respect the fact that they feel that way and not try and um delegitimize the way they feel because I don't I can't relate so getting to that level of empathy where you can actually allow something someone to feel something that you can't relate to and allow them to actually feel that way and not use the time to actually break them completely down and be like you being childish or you being this or you being that. So that's taken me quite a bit to actually get to that point within relationships to understand that jealousy is something that happens. It's something that is healthy. It does not mean the person has a weakness of any kind. It is a genuine feeling like any other feeling. Within friendships, I find that I actually get a lot more possessive with my friends than I do with my partners. Where with my friends I'm just like Why didn't you invite me? <laughs> she literally sent me a text one day saying that. She said she actually said that she she wrote me a text. She was like, "Why wasn't I invited?" Yeah, why didn't you invite me? I so, thought, Dude, you I, know so I know your person. <laughs> <laughs> so I find that I have that grade one, my best friend kind of jealousy <laughs> more than I have the teenage my boyfriend and when it comes to envy i think i have a healthy level of envy in the sense that i'm like that is an amazing achievement i would love to do that too but a lot of the time i think i've created a map of what i value in my life and i value happiness more than anything else so whenever i see someone achieve something or i see someone get something I always evaluate it in terms of would that would would is that the thing that would make me happy? Mm-hmm. And it's like if it's not something that I think would make me happy, I'm happy for them, but and I'm sure they're happy with it, but because it's not something that I think I would enjoy, I'm like yeah. they yeah. can go ahead with it. Mm. For me what affects me the most is how people express their wins. For mm. that's what impacts me the most. So if someone is just like, "Oh, I'm getting married, that's cool," and not saying, "I'm getting married, what are you doing with your life?" Ooh. For me that matters. How personal you, attacks. Yes, and right. how you how you celebrate your own wins. Yeah. 
and and how you how you advertise those wins and i i think a lot of people struggle with expressing their wins mm-hmm. and for me that's that's what either pushes me into celebrating with you or just draws me out of mm-hmm. that moment so it's, if someone's like oh cool i've done this you know i'm okay with that mm-hmm. but if you make it personal against me or make me feel smaller then i'm just not done so yeah. that's also the difference because i like i, I i'm I think it's because also I, I suffer from real imposter syndrome and I always think that I'm surrounded by truly exceptional people. So even if I do some little thing, I'm just like, well, there's so many other people mm. <laughs> who've done even more. And that's that's mm. just me personally. But I do agree. When someone uses their win as a way to dominate the yeah. relationship, that's for me. And, and I've noticed it with no offense, everywhere yeah. mm. when it comes to people getting married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's real. It's, 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 it's real. a real. It's, it's real. like, look at me. Mm. Yes, he mm. liked it. He mm. married me. Why is no one marrying you? Like, yeah. And in the, the certain jives and you're like dude what did I do to attack you I'm happy that you're married and like literally it's, it's actually quite funny because like there's this one of these girls I know she's good friends with one of my good friends and like you know these jabs that people take and you're like you know what I always say, you know, she must be grateful that I found Jesus. Every day, she must thank the good Lord I found Jesus. So you're like, I'm not envious of your position. Girl, ain't nobody wants your situation. Nobody. <laughs> and a lot of the times, like, there are situations. Your situation, ain't nobody wants your situation. Girl, please gather yourself. But you don't say that out loud. And you're just like, and like, and that's, and that's moments where it's, I'm not jealous, but someone's trying to make me jealous. Yeah. yeah. You're trying to, you're trying to create, mm. like, drum up envy when mm. it's, girl, I'm happy that you're married. Like I said, yeah. nobody wants your situation. But how to see him? You've won. <laughs> you've won. You've won. It's okay. It's okay. I think what Randy said and mm. what you are saying about how a person communicates their win is mm. actually a very, very important thing mm. that I don't know how and where we can teach people. You can't. Because this whole, like, when, when you start getting married... Mm. And you are like, I am so glad I kept myself pure and I did this and I did oh, that and I did that's the next thing. Yes, that's because the, now you're that's saying, I, I am deserving. Yes, yes. You're like, I did all these good things and I'm deserving. And you're like, no, you met the right man. <laughs> Calm down. And, also it's a lo- and it's also a lot of luck. And people discount luck mm. in, in how our lives evolve. Yes. A lot of things... Uh, it's universal. You're at the right place at the right yeah. time. It's, like, it's a lot of luck to meet the right person and mm. to meet the right friendships. It's like being born into a family you're born into. Mm. It's a lot of luck. And, and people think that they're doing this amazing, yes. like they're this external hand in so, all the greatness that those pure people yeah, are yeah, yeah. They die, she dies every time. And like the thing with me is that like I always try to, I always try to classify achievements in terms mm. of, I know a lot of people work really hard for certain things. Yeah. But I also know that the same way they work for external validation, they also work in terms of their relationships and, you know, some, you know. And I also think that um, despite factoring luck, I think also people want to say that there's this thing of the kitty. Mm. Yes. Mm. God. What's so much to say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so highly favorite. Highly favorite. What are you saying about the rest of us? You know, God's favorite child. God's favorite child. Please, Lily. So I, I think 
for me, oh gosh, it's a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think having been married young and I had no, like it's, for me, it, it never crossed my mind to start ostracizing single friends versus married friends because I didn't have any married friends. Mm. I was the first to be married amongst my friends. So I, I continued with my cluster and it was never a case of, me versus them or us and them or I'm married, they are not married because that's all I knew. So all of this is a revelation to me, just by the way. But I feel like anyone who's, anyone who didn't go into or rather went, a person who would speak like that is someone who views marriage as some sort of achievement, right? And when you view marriage as some sort of achievement, it tells me that you might have, Okay, I'm not judging. You might have manipulated the situation in order to land you where you're at. So what I'm trying to say is, let's say... That's so deep. I'm not <laughs> so, so, so by manipulating the situation, you, you, you... Whatever this man did, it's okay. As long as I get that ring, mm-hmm. you know? Whether this relationship is a mess or not, it's okay. As long as I get that ring, you know? As long as it lands me up in that situation where I can now gloat and say, look at me, I'm that girl. Because if it all happened naturally, organically, as it should have, why would you feel the need to impose hurt on someone else? Mm-hmm. What point are you trying to prove, you know? Yeah. What, 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 what benefit is there for you to make Usipe feel less about herself because you are married? I, 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 it's lost on me. And life is a series of choices. Yes. In, and people don't see that. I've chosen not to be married. Mm. I'm in a relationship. Yeah. I could get married next week, Tuesday, if mm. I wanted to. But I've chosen that that's not how I want my life to be. It's the same way where people say to you, you're 30, why don't you have a kid? Because firstly, I can't afford them and I'm hella selfish. Why would I want to bring a child into my space? Because there's no room for now for a child. Yeah. So it's a series of choices. I make People make choices. If you choose to have a kid without being married, that's also okay. Mm. If you can meet the needs of your situation, that's perfectly fine. Mm. No, it's and it, it's not my mom always says you can't put marriage on your CV yeah so you've it's done nothing achievement yeah. guys and there's also the when someone asks for advice and what you say as mm-hmm. that advice so um, there's a friend who was asking two of us who are in relationships asking us oh my gosh guys I'm like ready to settle down where do people meet people like where did you meet your people and now we're laughing because um, I met my person on Tinder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so so now we're discussing like how we met our people, et cetera, et cetera. And when I was reflecting on it, I realized that the way some other people communicate when you when you ask them, hey, I also want to be in a relationship. What should I do? They start giving you a laundry list of things to do. As if they they actually <laughs> they found a formula. They have found they have found the formula and this is how it works. For me, I was telling this girl, like, I didn't go onto Tinder hoping to meet someone that I'm going to be with for this long. I was just like I was looking for a person and I was looking for like it's almost like I was like, let me date, see where it goes. And that's what I was telling her to do. Like, find people who you resonate with, who you share values with, and then date and see where it goes. And then you get other people who are like, wait, 90 days before you have sex, dance around the room twice before this and this. Like, honestly, it feels like now you're doing a ritual because now you must do this. You must do that. (laughs) You must not do this. You must not do that. You must not cook for him while you are still dating. He must wait to taste your food after you are married. And you're just like... 
what is going on? Mm-hmm. Why are you yeah. trying to manipulate a person into yes, this? Exactly. Because if you mm-hmm. if you meet someone who wants to marry you, or if you meet someone and you guys are together and you're happy together and you both don't want to get married, or if you meet someone and you really enjoy each other's company for two nights and you have dinner and you realize it can't be a relationship, mm-hmm. that's also fine. It's part of the life process. There mm-hmm. isn't an actual formula. And it's the same thing for family relationships. How are you so close with your mother? Oh, no, you see what I do is, no, my mom and I just get along. Mm-hmm. There isn't a, now, if you go to yeah. your mother and you do these 10 things, mm-hmm. this is what the magic is going to happen. And it's the same thing with careers. It's the same thing with all of our achievements, where you now make it sound like, when well, you found the Holy Grail. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. it's a series of luck and choices mm-hmm. and being in the right place at the right time. And the other person as well. Mm. Mm. So it's actually now we're going to the last section, which is family. Mm. You know, because the family is always uh, the basis of how we relate. And also, they, I think they form the foundation yeah. of all of our relationships, whether we like to admit it or not. Mm. We are products of our environment. Yeah. So I'm going to start now with Asipe. How do you think your relationship with your family has impacted how you relate with others? Sure, teaser. <laughs> I think for the most part, my family let me walk all over them. And that's why when I was coming into my teens and the hormones start flying and you start becoming a temperamental little, I'm not going to say that word. They, I feel like they let me do that. They basically let me get away with so much. And when I say my family, I mean my sisters and my mom. Because they understand me and they love me and they accommodated me. Which, like, they can understand me and love me, but tell me when I'm out of line. And there's a lot of personal flaws that were affecting my other relationships that I wasn't even aware of until a few conversations that I had with my family and they mentioned something and I'm like, wait... So you guys know this too. Like I've heard this from people that I've met and I've thought that they're being ridiculous. And they're like, no, 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 that's how you like. I'm like, how could you let me be like that for all of this time? So I think the way your family treated you and the, and the things that your family let you do to them and the things that you let your family do to you, because there's also to an extent things that you tolerate within your family. Mm-hmm. The things that you let them do to you are the things that you actually allow other... It's, it, it mirrors the way that you allow other people to, to, to treat you. Mm-hmm. And it mirrors the way that you treat other people because you think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Because it's worked for these people and you completely discount the whole unconditional love. They can't leave you thing. Mm-hmm. Except for you divorcing your uncles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Lande, we're going into you. Um, well, mine is twofold. So, my relationship with my mom when I was younger, she was, because my dad passed away when we were so young, she was very protective and like hyper conscious and it made us very well me very 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 suspicious of people's intentions and it's something that I had to outgrow and outlearn and then when it comes to my brother he gives me such bad last born syndrome where I feel like the world must look after me I'm the last born my brother treats me like an egg and I actually expected at work I'm like I tell my boss I'm the last born of this team I should get what I want so it's it's very complicated to know how they've impacted, because it's like two polar worlds where my mom has made me hyper, hyper, hyper aware of people and very, very suspicious. And then my brother treats me like this golden goose. Mm. So I don't actually know. So I'm I'm like a stew 
of, of how these people have impacted on me. Mm-hmm. And I play it out with different people. If I can see that you will accommodate my last born tendencies, then I do it with my friends. Because I, when I go on holiday, they must check up on me on the type of accommodation. They must hold my passport and just make sure that I'm just chilling. <laughs> but when it comes to love and emotional relationships, then I'm like, mm, I can show do we push it this far? How much of myself can I give you? Mm-hmm. So I'm not actually sure. Um, I think for me, it's so being the firstborn and being a girl, there was a, lo- a lot of um, first daughter syndrome between my mother and I, which I actually had to read up on because a friend of mine told me about because I'm like, as a teen, I was like, why am I always clashing with this woman? Like, why are we not getting along? She's my mom. And um, I realized as I was growing up that obviously she's bringing me up the only way she knows how as a mother. Um, she's imparting what she thinks is best. And later on, as I'm growing up, I'm actually starting to, we're friends now. Um, and I think that's what happens as we grow up as adults. You start to understand the choices of your parents. Mm. Um, and I think in hindsight, I'm, you know, my family relationships are my, my grounding. I, you know, I'm very grateful for the values and the teachings that I learned growing up and, you realize as you interact with various people and you interact with not just them, but their backgrounds because background just is so glaring (laughs) as you adult and you realize that, geez, people are caring a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. You start counting your blessings, you know, you start basic things like manners. When you walk into a house, you must greet. You think everyone was taught this, right? And then you realize it's not the case. So I think, yeah, man, yeah, my, my nucleus family, fantastic. Extended family dynamics. That's, that's a story for another day. But yeah, very special. Yeah. But yeah. So getting back to me. So I think that my relationships with my family, um, I think depends on who you are in my family. My relationships with my own family, my own nuclear family has mm-hmm. evolved over the years. And I think the older I've become, the more empathy I've had for my parents. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer angry at certain things because I realized they did the best they could with what they could but at the same time I think that we're sort of merging like I'm not ultra tight with my with my mom I'm not ultra tight with my mom but I'm you know we work towards it like Mm. I understand her Mm. I've actually realized that part about being adult is sometimes we have to forgive our parents yeah Mm. they really did the best they could Mm. and you know what Unfortunately, if you're the firstborn, they're trying everything on yeah. you. So you're just a guinea pig. <laughs> of, practice baby. You're the practice baby. Mm. Like the formula will adapt <laughs> with the younger ones. But they're just really just trying, trying. And yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been interesting. It's been interesting mm. specifically. I said when you're an adult, you just, I think you just grow up so much more. Mm. And you also realize that the things that you used to be angry for and you, you do a little bit of comparison with other people and you're like, you know what? They really were not that bad. Exactly. You know, they had their moments, they tune up at, you know, on a sum, sums of everything, they really were not that bad. Anyway, guys, it's time for us to wrap up. So I just want you to thank you guys for joining me. And let's just do some last words, just round up everything. I'm going to start with you, Luande. Okay, uh, well, thanks, ladies. This was very interesting. I feel like I got to know a lot of you much better than I did. Um, I just think relationships are about management and managing your energies and investing what you can invest. And don't try to go beyond what your heart wills you to do. 
I think for me, I've actually learned so much from this interaction and I've seen a bit of myself in each and every one of you. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely taking notes and there's stuff that I'm definitely going to walk away with and implement in my own life. So thank you. Yeah. So I have gotten to know you guys a lot better than I did when we walked into this room. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a great conversation. I can't believe we are done. But I think with relationships, for me, the one thing that has come out over the last couple of years and that's changing the way I relate with people is trying to treat my relationships with the same amount of respect that I treat my work relationships. Mm. Because I feel like we take our personal relationships for granted. We start taking each other for granted. I have no qualms like standing a friend up, but if it's a boss, I'm like stressing and whatever. Mm. So actually start starting to take that kind of put like being very conscious of that so for me that is what relationships have been for the last couple of years because i'm trying to unlearn all the bad behaviors i've had in the past and actually be a better friend regardless of the fact that nobody has ever sat me down in the state of the relationship address and told me all these things but when i started empathizing and thinking about the way people within my life were feeling or the way that I was acting, I started realizing that maybe it's time to do a step change, mm -hmm. to actually be a better person for the people that I say I value. Hmm. Well, thank you, ladies. And yeah, we are done. Episode four. Guys, please, thank you so much for Thanks. your time, ladies. Yes. 